Welcome to the Home Cook's Guide. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. I'm an above average home cook on a mission to help you elevate your everyday meals from ordinary to extraordinary. Aren't you tired of making the same boring meals every week? Well, I've got just the podcast for you. Every Monday episode will inspire you with new and diverse recipes. Together, we'll uncover the dish's rich history, we'll break down the ingredients, and talk through the step-by-step cooking process. Whether you're new to cooking or just looking for some weekly recipe inspo, this is the show for you. Be sure to follow on all social media platforms at The HCG Podcast for additional cooking inspo and show updates. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Home Cook's Guide. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell, and today's episode is for the people out there who don't give a flying fuck about sports, in particular, the dreaded game of American football. Sports to me consists of chicken tenders and beer at Yankee games, soft pretzels at a Knicks game, and basically overdosing on chicken wings smothered in blue cheese while watching the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl this year features the Chiefs and the 49ers, which means absolutely nothing to me except that we get more footage of Mr. Taylor Swift doing football things. Is anyone really even watching the game? Aren't we all just waiting for the halftime show and snacks? Today's episode is a fun and different twist on a Super Bowl dish because we've all had the seven-layer dip. We've had the buffalo wing and the buffalo dip. But have you ever been served an adorable, single-serving bowl of chili on top of a bed of crunchy Fritos with so many toppings that you don't even know what to do with yourself? Well, that's where the Frito pie comes in. A Frito pie isn't a savory pie like a pot pie. Shout out to episode one of the show. Check it out if you haven't already listened. But a Frito pie is basically just a serving of beef and bean chili over an individual bag of crunchy Fritos topped with a mountain of toppings like cheddar cheese, maybe a little guacamole, maybe a dollop of daisy. The possibilities are endless. This dish is also ideal because you can make the chili a day before or the morning of. So if you do actually plan on watching the game for some ungodly reason, you can quickly reheat the chili and prep your toppings without missing too much of the game. Fritos are somewhat of a homely snack, if you ask me, but when coupled with chili, they turn into more than just a little corn chip. Fritos were created in San Antonio, Texas by an Oaxacan man named Gustavo Ulguin, and in 1932, he was looking to sell the rights to his original fried corn chip recipe for a whopping $100, which in 2024 money is about $5,600. A homie named Charles Doolin ended up borrowing money from his mommy, who actually sold her wedding ring to pay for this original recipe. In 1963, Frito-Lay ended up buying the rights to the chips, making Fritos a staple in the chips aisle at most major grocery stores, so safe to say they made back that initial investment of $100. (laughs) The recipe for Fritos are super simple. They're made of corn that is ground into a fine dough, or masa, which is then extruded into a long, thin shape. Then they're deep-fried in oil until they're crispy and golden brown to perfection. Then, of course, they're seasoned with an ungodly amount of salt. Hell yeah the best part. Supposedly, Mama Doolin was also the one to come up with the Frito pie recipe, which was then used as a way to market the chips. She's a queen, an icon, and a legend in my household. I wish we could get her OG recipe, but for today, we'll be basing our recipe off of Reed Drummond's, aka the Pioneer Woman. She's always on the ranch with the kids. I feel like they're always putting up a fence somewhere, and so I do feel like she's an authority when it comes to these types of Americana-y dishes. I also read a comment in her comment section on this recipe that someone actually wanted chili cook-off with this recipe. So feel free to say, screw the Fritos and just eat this chili with some cornbread and some tortilla chips. And you got yourself a yummy chili. 
So the link to the original recipe is in the show notes, and this recipe will feed about 8 to 12 people depending on how large your servings are and how many times your guests will want to go back for seconds. Start to finish, it'll take about an hour 15 minutes between prepping, simmering, and assembling your bags and toppings. Alrighty, let's jump right into it. So we're going to need two pounds of ground beef, and this is super simple. You're not going to have to break up the meat or anything before cooking. You're just going to throw that slab of meat, the meat brick, into the hot pan, and you'll be good. You'll be able to break it down with a wooden utensil while it's heating up. You can use any type of beef ratio here. Whatever you got will work perfectly, and you can also sub in ground turkey or ground chicken if you're beefing with beef. Then we will need three cloves of garlic, minced. She puts the word per optional in parentheses at the end of that ingredient. And I take that as a personal offense. I don't ever think garlic is optional. So I say add the three cloves of garlic here. So you can either chop up three fresh garlic cloves or you can always just use pre-minced garlic from your refrigerator, which I always do keep on hand because sometimes I'm not trying to unwrap garlic and do this and do this. Again, some dishes require me to go above and beyond, but a chili like this that's going to be simmering for an hour with a bunch of different other flavors, the difference between a pre-minced garlic versus a fresh garlic isn't going to do enough for me to make it worth my time to take out the fresh garlic, take it out of the thing, chop it up, make my hands smell like garlic, the whole nine yards. But do whatever you'd like. Then we will need one 14-ounce can of tomato sauce. Tomato passata can work. Tomato puree can work. If you only have crushed whole tomatoes, I'd give them a blast in your blender or just crush them up with your hands and add them to our dish as well. Really, anything works here. A lot of times I'll find myself having a rogue can of tomato sauce or some kind of tomato product in my refrigerator, so I'll just throw that into a chili or a lentil soup or something else that I'm making that will need a tomato sauce, even if it's not exactly what the recipe is calling for. Then we will need one 10-ounce can of Rotel diced tomatoes and chilies. So Rotel is just a brand of canned tomatoes with green chilies that are commonly used in Mexican and Tex-Mex cuisine. So you should be able to find it in your local grocery store near any other types of Mexican foods, taco shells, salsas, whatever. But if you're not able to get your hands on Rotel, which I noticed in my grocery store they didn't have, you can always use a regular can of diced tomatoes and a regular little small can of green chilies. You could always use fresh tomatoes and add some chilies. This chili will have a ton of time to simmer and the ingredients and spices will meld together and you won't really feel like you're missing anything if you don't add the chilies here. Then we will need our spices and herbs. We will need one half of a teaspoon of salt. So we may end up adding more salt when we're tasting our final product at the end, but we have to be mindful that we'll be eating this chili on top of a bed of completely oversalted Fritos. So it may not be super necessary to add an aggressive amount of salt. Also, if you're putting cheddar cheese on top or we'll go through other various toppings that you could put on top of your Frito pie, but those toppings might also be a little bit salty as well. And if you're like me, you like Fritos on the bottom and Fritos on the top. So safe to say my sodium levels might be through the roof after eating this Frito pie. But it's a holiday, right? It's sports. <laughs> Happy sports. <laughs> then we will need one teaspoon of ground oregano and one tablespoon of ground cumin. And cumin is an essential spice for any type of chili. Cumin is an aromatic spice known for its earthy, warm, and slightly nutty flavor. I've said it before and I'll say it again, that raw cumin smells disgusting to me, but it really does end up adding a distinct flavor in dishes that I thoroughly enjoy. I just get over how it smells because I ultimately know I will like how it tastes. 
Then we will need two tablespoons of chili powder, which you can have cumin in a chili without having chili powder in a chili. And so chili powder isn't as spicy, obviously, as a cayenne. And that spice will subside after it simmers with all the other ingredients. Then we will need our two types of beans in 14-ounce cans. Dree recommends kidney and pinto beans, which, again, I generally go with what the recipe tells me to do because I am a sheep. But any kind of bean that you have can be subbed in here. I have soaked beans overnight, and I don't see the hype. But for a dish like this, I really don't think it's worth the time, so I encourage just using canned beans to, again, get this on the table. Get this on the kitchen island with all the toppings. That's, that's what we want here. We'll want to make sure we drain and rinse the beans in a colander before we put them into our chili. You're cool with a ton of additional bean flavor and a lot of extra starch in that chili, then sure, add the beany liquid to your stew as well. Go with God, do whatever you need to do. I love pinto beans in this dish and just in general because pinto beans are the beans that are used to make refried beans, which is just a delicious side dish to a lot of different Mexican dishes. And, you know, after the beans in this dish simmer for a while, you'll notice that the pinto beans really soften up and give you that creamy texture that you get when you're eating refried beans, which I really love. Because we'll be having the crunchy Fritos on the bottom, the creaminess of the beans and the chili itself will really complement the crunchy Frito corn chips. Then we will need one fourth cup of masa, which is corn flour, or you can use regular cornmeal. And so this section is optional, but masa, which is sometimes called corn flour or masa harina, is a traditional type of flour used to make many Mexican favorites. To make masa, corn is just fried and then soaked and cooked in a solution of lime and water. The scientific processes of this is actually called Nixtamalization, and it's really interesting because tamales, which is another Mexican Mesoamerican dish that is made from masa tamales, nixtamalization, it's actually named after the scientific process that makes masa. So the more you know. (laughs) So after the corn has been soaked and cooked in this lime and water solution, the corn is then washed and ground into a dough that's then called masa. So we won't be using the dough form of masa. We'll be taking that fresh masa that is then dried and powdered, and that becomes the corn masa flour, which we'll be using here. You can completely skip this step and have a delicious chili, but the masa will really help thicken the liquids in the chili. It'll give it body, and it'll impart a subtle corn flavor, which is perfect since we'll be pairing this with Fritos, which are corn chips made from masa. So there's some synchronicity here. That's what we're here for, right? synchronicity. So if you do plan to use masa here, you'll take about one-fourth of a cup of the masa and just mix it with one and a half cups of warm water right before you're ready to add it into the chili. If you do end up buying a large bag of corn masa flour, you can make a million different types of things. You can make homemade tortillas, tamales, arepas. You literally won't run out of great recipes to use this ingredient with. So just give it a quick Google and you'll find many ways to use up that bag. It also can last in your pantry for a pretty decent amount of time, if you ask me. So then, of course, we will need our individual bags of Fritos. So we are looking for the small ones, not the party size, so that each person has their own little baggie. There are many a variation of a Frito. I like to keep it simple here with the original recipe. I do love the honey barbecue twist flavor, but again, not for this moment. And pro tip Always buy more bags than you think because you do not, and I repeat, do not 
need to run out of Fritos for your Frito pies. Again, I've made this mistake, so you do not have to. So the toppings here are the best part, if you ask me. I, I love a topping, and I love a topping station where I could pick my own. It's We're not doing an ice cream sundae bar. This is a Frito pie bar. So we're going to need some grated sharp cheddar cheese, maybe a diced red onion, maybe some chopped fresh or pickled jalapenos. I like the pickled jalapenos from a can for something like this. We need a little sour cream to add an additional creaminess, maybe some guacamole, scallions, a little pico de gallo, a little lettuce if you're looking for some health in this whole dish because you didn't get it in any of the ingredients. This is not the healthiest of them, but it's game day, people. We're trying to have fun. <laughs> and because this recipe comes together with not that many ingredients and a lot of pantry staples, we really aren't going to be creating any food waste. We'll have some of those garlic peels if you ended up using fresh ones. And if you are going to be dicing up some red onions, you'll have some of those peels. So both of those can go into a future stock. And that's pretty much it. The rest is just items from your refrigerator or your pantry. And we'll just want to make sure that we're always recycling the cans from beans and Rotel tomato sauce. And we want to make sure that we're giving them a rinse before we're recycling. Because people, if you don't rinse the items that you're putting into your recycling bin, they don't actually get recycled. They get put into another landfill and end up on Trash Island. That is it. We are ready to cook. And the cooking process of this recipe is so damn easy, which makes it perfect for a busy game day. In a large roomed pot, you'll just heat up the pan a little bit. And again, we're not going to need any cooking oil in here because once we put our beef and garlic into the pan around medium heat, we'll notice that the beef will render its fat and create fat for the meat to cook itself in. So we're going to let that beef and garlic cook and break down for about five minutes. And we just want to make sure that the meat gets brown and we're not seeing any pink pieces of raw beef before we start putting everything else in. So after about five minutes, you should see the beef is fully browned. But before we add our next ingredients in, we're going to want to remove some of that rendered beef fat. Yes, it's probably delicious, savory, salty fat. And some recipes, we would keep that savory fat to, let's say, remove the beef and then saute maybe onions into it. But for this recipe, we really don't want that oil to add a greasy texture to our overall chili. So I would say if you could keep about a tablespoon of that oil in the pan, then you're good. All the rest can just be trashed. Then I'm telling you, this is so easy, embarrassingly easy. We're just going to add in our tomato sauce, add in our can of Rotel, and add in your three spices. So that's just half a teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of ground oregano, one tablespoon of ground cumin, and two tablespoons of chili powder. We're just going to give that a nice little stir. We're going to cover the pot with a lid. We'll decrease the heat to low, and then we're just going to let it simmer for 30 minutes. And that's it. And then you just wait. And then you start getting delicious smells coming from the kitchen. People are asking, what is she making in there? What's that smell? You know, that's when the noses start nosing. Then after about 30 minutes of that simmering, we will add in our drained and rinsed pinto and kidney beans. Then we will just stir those in to combine. And then again, I'm telling you, this is so simple. We will cover it again and let it simmer for another 20 minutes. I love a hands-off recipe. I want them all to be hands-off. 
That's actually not true. Some recipes I'm looking for a little pizzazz in the kitchen. I want to put on a show for myself. This one, not so much. Chili is a warming food, a comforting food, and those types of foods aren't supposed to make you sweat and, you know, break your back in the kitchen because you're flipping, stirring, this, that. One pot meal, baby. One pot meal. So after about 20 minutes of the beans simmering in the chili, we'll notice that there's still a nice liquidity to the chili. So if you decide to add in that quarter cup of masa with the half a cup of water mixture, you'll put that directly into our chili now. And so you can completely skip this step. And at this point, we'll still want to let the chili simmer for about another 10 to 15 minutes with or without the masa. And then at that point, we are literally done. So you'll take a bite and you'll taste for any additional salt or pepper. And remember, the Fritos are inherently very salty. So you'll be getting a lot of that salt from them when you add the chili on top. So add salt at your discretion. We are ready, people. Now we just need to assemble our bags and our toppings. As I mentioned, you can make this a day in advance. I would say if you're going to be heating up chili from the morning or the day before, I would say maybe add half a cup of water to the chili before you put it onto the stovetop again, just to get things moving in there. We don't want it to be too thick after it's sat around for a little bit. Now we are at the fun part to assemble our bags and our toppings. So we're going to want to take each of the individual Frito bags and we're going to want to cut them on the side rather than on the top. So we'll cut the entire side crease off of the bag. And so this will give you a little bit more room to eat the Fritos and the chili. If you cut the top portion, you'll notice your hand is stuck in there. You're not able to see what's in there. You're going to be rooting around. No, if we cut on the side, it gives you a full, beautiful opening to dig in and to add your toppings. Then we are at the fun part. Again, you will assemble whatever toppings you like. As I said, grated cheese, red onion, jalapeno, sour cream, guac, scallions, pico, lettuce, whatever you have, whatever your guests want. If you know your guests aren't going to be eating anything remotely healthy, don't even bring it out. Just take out the sour cream and take out the cheese. You know your audience and you're not going to want to be wasting food on the Super Bowl because you're probably going to have enough food wasted anyways. So we're being mindful with our dishes here. We're being mindful with our partying. So I will say you're going to put about three-fourths of a cup of chili in each bag, and we're going to be putting the chili right on top of those Fritos. Even though the Fritos are on the bottom, they will remain crunchy when your guests are devouring this chili. I think it has something to do with the highly processed way that it is created, but they will remain crunchy. It's a mystery that I don't want to be solved. I want them to always stay crunchy and always stay fresh in my cabinet, even if the bag of Fritos is in there for eight years. So at this point, we'll have all our toppings in cute little bowls or ramekins or plates for easy access for your guests. We have our chili on top of our bags, and now you could just pass around the bags to your guests. They could pick their fun toppings at their leisure. And I will say, as I mentioned earlier, I consider Fritos also as a topping on top of the pie. So it's always good to have the extras on hand to add on top if anybody needs a little bit more. <coughs> Myself. My perfect Frito pie has Fritos on the bottom, obviously, chili on top, then a sprinkle of cheddar cheese, a smattering of scallions to just add a little bit of freshness, and then a tiny dollop of sour cream. And wow. If you ask me, that is a perfect bite. I also have found when I have made this, 
sometimes the chili to Frito ratio is a little bit off. I actually need to get a second serving of chili on my Frito pie because I've noticed there's a lot of good crunchy Fritos in here and there's no chili. So add a little bit more, do a new topping for your second round. Why not go crazy? And I must say, we love cute and kitschy food things on the Home Cook's Guide. This may even fall into the chuggy category, but sue me for wanting to have a little fun on a day that could bore me to basically tears. This chili is warming and comforting and good for the soul, especially if your team is losing. So I really encourage you to put these ingredients on your shopping list for Super Bowl Sunday and make this simple and addicting dish. Please reach out on social media at the HCG Podcast or Megan at the HCGpodcast.com with your thoughts or any tips and tricks on how I can make these recipes even more delicious in the future. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Home Cook's Guide. If you're loving the show, leave me a five-star rating and a glowing review. You can also follow me on social media at the HCG Podcast or shoot me an email at Megan at the HCGpodcast.com. And let's not forget, I spell my name the right way, M-E-G-A-N. Got any good recipes? Send them my way, please. And be sure to tune in every week for more delicious recipes.